Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone. I'm Darren Javag, host of Clean Break, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And I'm joined again with my co-host, as always, the amazing Tina Murray. How are you? I'm great, Darren. I know. It just keeps just awesome the energy in this room. It is eh? awesome. Yeah. It's good. We're having it's fun. It's so nice to be back together. Yes. Like not having to. Virtual. Yeah. This you just don't that, get the energy. Not so. the same. Yeah. The same. Thanks for uh, always pushing through with me on these. It's so much. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. I do pester a little bit sometimes. Eh? Oh, are you ready? Right. You're ready now. Yeah, How about yeah. now? How about now? <laughs> It is. Yeah. So yeah, so we have on our show today, we have Natalie Picard. She is the owner of Alt Divorce. She is a lawyer who specializes in mediation and some collaborative law practices. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. I love yeah. being on this show. Thank you so much. We're really happy to have you. So we want to get right to the topic. We want to talk specifically about spousal support today. Yes. And so, you know, you hear lots of times where people, there's no spousal support or the spousal support goes on to in perpetuity, And there's all, uh, there's lots of different ways spousal support can happen. One conversation we had uh, a couple months ago was about compensatory and non-compensatory. And I was like, what the heck is all of that? So I know that we could probably talk for three hours on spousal support. We may bore some people, but <laughs> we're gonna these are big topics though. They're, next yeah. next to the family home, mm -hmm. I think I think spousal support is probably one of the most challenging uh discussions to get through with couples to get them to the other side. It's Would you agree with that, Natalie? Yeah, like I, I explain it to clients, I say there's a lot of moving parts to it because first of all with the spousal support uh, advisory guidelines, and we call them the SAGs, Sag. lawyers, okay. Sag. all professional. Yeah, we call them the SAG. Okay. So with the SAGs, um, there's a lot of different things that you have to look at. And even some professionals forget about things like entitlement. So it's not like child support. It's not you put in uh, the incomes and you put in the parenting uh, arrangement, and then you get a number. Mm -hmm. um, so the, yeah. like, the parent, like the child support is based on a chart, right? And it's it's a guide, not yeah, a guide, sorry, it's a chart. They're guidelines, mm -hmm. but they are the law. Mm -hmm. But the SAGs are not law. Right. Oh, so, yeah. uh, so a partner could literally waive entitlement of spousal support if they wanted to. Like if one party agreed to it, it's gone. Like you could just say, I don't want to, yeah. and. But child so, support, you can't. You can't. So there's this, it's like this huge gray area, right, Natalie? Well, you can waive the child support, but you'll have lots of problems. For example, um, under, and you probably know that uh, the Divorce Act has changed, um, but under the Divorce Act, a judge has to make sure that um, the child's needs are met. The right. financial needs are met. Right. So if uh, the clients uh, ask for a divorce, they go to court to obtain a divorce, um, the judge will look at that. And if there's no child support, and especially if the child support should be, you know, $500 or so, 
um, the judge can say, no, I'm not giving this divorce. Mm. They'll have problems. And also, honestly, when I used to do traditional law, I would say to clients, no, I, you know, if you're going to say to me, you don't want to pay child support, I'm not going to work with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah. spousal support is a completely different thing. Right. Yeah. It's completely different. So, so explain it, how it works and explain these two different terms that I used. Okay. So um, the first thing, like I said, it's not the law. It's not law like the child support uh, guidelines. However, most professionals, the lawyers, the judges, the mediators, everybody uses them. And normally there's a range of a low, mid and high, and people will normally, professionals will normally stay within the range, normally. So although they're not law, we all use them. So that's one thing that you have to look at. And another thing you have to look at is entitlement. There's a two prong test. So first you have to look at entitlement. Child support is not like that, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to look at entitlement. Is is the person entitled to it? That's one thing. So Mm -hmm. if you go to entitlement and the person's not entitled, the recipient's not entitled, well, it ends there. We don't have to deal with the next step. So the next step is looking at the SAGs. So looking at the three options that are generated. Uh, the low, the mid, and the high. Um, and some of the criteria are, I call them check marks. Some of the check marks that you may have for to prove entitlement or show entitlement are very similar to the ones you're going to use to pick a number on the range. Okay. And compensatory and non-compensatory comes into play. So you can have, so a compensatory situation. And I looked at, I just saw an example a while ago about a a great example. So two tax lawyers, um, they graduate from law school, um, they get married. And uh, what happens is one of the spouses decides to, or usually they decide together that one of the spouses is going to stay at home with the children and put their career on on the side or take, I call that take the mommy track or the daddy track. The other one goes to work with a big firm. Um, It's a, maybe a 20 year marriage. Um, The marriage unfortunately fails. And at the end of the marriage, um, the, one spouse has been out of the work field for a long time. The other one is making a, a significant amount of money. So there's a huge disparity in income. So some of the comp- compensatory aspects or elements here uh, would be that there's an economic disadvantage on the spouse's side that stayed at home because the spouse made that decision or the spouses made the decision that one would basically hold down the fort and um, look after the kids, the house and running the house. Um, At the end of the relationship, that person has been affected economically. They, they, they wouldn't be at the same place had they continued continued or had they 
had they pursued their career the same way that the other spouse right. um, would have. And they could perhaps be at the same place if they both had uh, followed the same path. Mm -hmm. So that spouse, um, if you looked at that situation, there'd be um, a lot of compensatory elements. And right. sometimes it might be that uh, somebody works part-time because uh, it uh, enables them to spend more time with the kids. And if as a result of that, their career has been affected, they could have, or they refuse. One, one thing that's really telling is refusing promotions. Right. For example, um, mm -hmm. I've had situations with the government where somebody's offered a really nice position uh, where they're going to be traveling and, you know, it's very exciting. It's more money. However, they have young children mm -hmm. and perhaps the other spouse is working in the private sector and has crazy hours. Yeah. So the spouse perhaps that's working with the government will say, well, no, I'm not going to take that position because, you know, somebody has to pick up the kids at daycare. Yes. But once the relationship or if the relationship ends, well, that person will be affected economically. Uh, perhaps they could have made, you know, 150 as opposed to 100,000. So um, Natalie, how do you calculate that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's such a gray area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but the thing is when I explain it and, and that's the thing with spousal support, it's so for us professionals, it's, I find it super interesting. I love it because <laughs> there's, there's so many moving parts to it. There's so many different elements. And that's how I explain it to clients. There's so many moving parts and we look at pieces we look at one piece at a time. For example, we would look at the entitlement and then I explain the entitlement and I, I explain it as check marks. So the more check marks you have, the more entitlement you have. Well, mm -hmm. That makes sense. So that makes sense. spousal support advisory guidelines, like we've got a copy here. Can it be so I, I can go online and find this. Are those guides like the actual like entitlement structures on the internet? Like, could I just go and find that out myself? Yeah. Well, I could, I could send the link to you. Um, there's actually, so um, as uh, the little summary that I send you talked about. Um, well, I'm just thinking for clients, right? A client, oh, yeah, somebody yeah. who's listening to this might want to say, okay, what uh, I'm going to go to the spousal support advisory guidelines yes you can even google just even SAG and justice canada okay there we go justice.gc.ca yeah there it so, is SAG and justice canada yes. and so have so these um SAGs were put together by two university professors it's super interesting they looked at all the cases across canada and they came up with different formulas and they came up with these SAGs. Huh. Um, there's three reports. Um, so they wrote three reports. They're really detailed reports. They're really interesting. And they go by section. So they so, go, they explain one section at a time. So that, that would be useful. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So like, to me, it just seems like, okay, uh, spouse has made you know, $200,000 and I have, I make 50,000 or, you know, one spouse makes 50, the other makes 200,000 and you plug in the numbers and that's what you should, I should be getting in spousal support. 
Yes, but first we have to look at entitlement. Are you entitled to it? Okay, so how, mm. so, okay, you gave us the one, you know. Compensatory and non compensatory. compensatory, right? Yeah. So then, um, so how do you determine entitlement? Like, what are the criteria around that? Um, again, check marks. So okay. one check mark is disparity in income. Okay. Um, so sometimes I use the military family. So right. the non-member, it's very rare that they're able to keep a career uh, yes. just in the relationship. They're right. moving everywhere. Sometimes they're in countries where they can't work. So if the marriage uh, after perhaps, and usually their long-term marriages after perhaps uh, 20 years, the marriage ends, one spouse is perhaps making minimum wage. Right. So and that would be compensatory. Well, the other element would be yeah. that the other spouse is making maybe 120. So yeah. there's a huge disparity sure. in, in salary. So yeah. that's one check mark, okay. but it's not the only check Got mark. It. Right. So okay. we look at the economic advantages and disadvantages of the the roles that people played in the relationship. So if you, as a result of the role that you took on during the relationship, you've been affected economically. So you're making less money, your career has been affected, and it's related to the roles that you played, then that's another check mark. Right. Um, so it's a number of different things. And, and when I speak to clients, so we talk about, and that's why I love doing mediation because I'm sitting there with both spouses and, and sometimes it's, it's very delicate, right? When I start talking about roles and who did what, and, and then sometimes they're, 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 they're coming up with statistics or uh, percentages. So well, it was 50-50. We did, you know, all the groceries and all this stuff together, 50-50. And one spouse would say, mm, no, not really 50-50. I would say 60-40. So um, it can be really sensitive, but yeah. it's interesting. Uh, we do that exercise. And by doing, you know, one check mark at a time, they're able to tell me, oh, yeah, there would be entitlement here. Yes, yes. And then right. we go to the next box. And then that's how we pick a number by doing the exercise and looking at all the check marks. It can also include uh, how long you've been married too, right? Because I believe oh, there's, yes. there's the significant uh, relationship mm. part uh, of how yes. long, if you've been married for more than yeah. 10 or 15 well, years. Yeah, long-term marriage. A long-term mm. marriage is 20 and up. That's okay. your marriage. Yeah, mm. and long-term marriage, um, what it'll... Um, be related to or what it affects, it affects duration. Right. Because right. 20 yeah. and up or rule of 65, the rule of 65 is the age of the recipient okay. uh, and the length of the relationship. If it gives 65, even if that. you're less than 20, so let's say it's a 15 year marriage, so it's not long term, uh, but the recipient plus the 15 gives 65, then what happens is the period is not determinated. It's in, indefinite. It, you mean if the, the age of both parties plus the age of the marriage, is that what it is? No, just yeah, the age sorry. of the recipient. Just the yeah. recipient. Yeah, the age of the recipient plus the length of the, the marriage. marriage. 
If that equals 65, then it's indefinite. Right. And and I, I hate the word indefinite because when I say that, people think, oh it's my a scary God. Word. It well, it's it, they should have forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not forever. Normally, what it means is it would be until the um payor retires. So probably 65. Right. And, it's and then just, at that point, it can be renegotiated too, though, right? Because if there's still an economic dispar- uh, dis- discrepancy between the two, then it might car- carry on as well, right? Yes. And also, if the payer retires, but they're still working part-time, mm-hmm. um, that's one element that we look at. So but they also- can't they can't just retire because they don't want to pay uh, alimony anymore. No, no. Like. Yeah. Uh, often people will say, well, you know, I'll just retire. I'll quit my job. Yeah. Well, we hear that all the time. And so the remedy to that is, okay, if you quit your job, we're going to impute. I had a person who did that. I was acting for the wife and the husband quit his $200,000 job. Um, yeah. He just quit and went to work under the table. So what the Natalie, can we one quick question before you get finished that can you explain impute for people who don't understand what it means yes yes so in that case what they did although he wasn't working anymore above the table uh the judge said um oh we're just not well it didn't explain it that way but it's like we're going to pretend that you're still making two hundred thousand. so that's what imputing is right Um, right so it's a remedy Yeah, exactly. Or for example, a recipient has to make efforts to become self-sufficient, right? They can't. That's the other side of the coin. Yeah, that's the other side of the coin. Um, They can't just decide, oh, I'm going to sit here and do nothing. And, you know, I won't bother looking for a job. And if that does happen, or somebody takes a part-time job and they can be working full-time, and there's no medical reason, then mm-hmm. we could impute. We could say, okay, so, you're making yeah. 15,000, but if you were working full time, you would make 30. Yes. So we're going to base the support on 30,000. Right. right. So Which completely what, changes it. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so that's, it gives incentive for people to um, become self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, And also not to also not to quit their jobs or um, because if somebody retires early and says, you know, and it's basically because they don't want to pay support, um, a judge or even in we do it in mediation as well. We talk about this. uh, We have a conversation with the spouses and um, sometimes or, for example, I had a case where um, somebody was working part time because they love their job. And the full-time job that they had before, they just hated it. It was mm-hmm. awful. So we said, okay, that's fine. You know, we understand. Um, and it it also affected his health. So we said, that's fine. You can continue working at this job. We understand that it, you really love it, but we're going to impute you at 30,000. Right. And, and he was in agreement with that as opposed to going to work full-time and not being happy, mm-hmm. being yeah. miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I wondered how that worked. So let's just say, you know, the, 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 the spousal support is set at X, Y, Z, and, you know, two, three years down the road, significant financial impact changes, finances change either on, on either side. Are they reviewed annually like, uh, like child support? No. Um, what happens is that um, because um, there is a tax component to it, because it's, um, you can de deduct it and you have to include it in your income because of that, you have to paper it. So it's an expensive exercise. With the child support, you can just go to mysupportcalculator.com, plug everything in um, and do your review every year. You don't necessarily have to paper it, uh, but because there's a taxation um, issue or there's a taxation component to the spousal support, you have to paper it because um, if you change it, Revenue Canada is not gonna take your word for it, right? So you have to do an amending agreement. So it's expensive to do mm. it. So we don't do it um, on a regular basis. In so what happens, my clause for spouse support is about two pages long. And it has, so it'll have review periods. So let's say when one of the kids is done school, is done their post-secondary, we're gonna review the spousal support. When the two kids are gone, we're gonna review the spousal support. Oh, you're triggering um, points. Yes, exactly. They're like, they're triggering. And also- um, If there's a change for, in income. Yeah. yeah, God forbid, exactly. God forbid somebody loses their job, right? Mm -hmm. Or if there's illness. So there's criteria, there's different, we call them the reviews in the agreement so if this and we try to capture as much as possible in a general way um in in the agreement question what happens if one there's two spouses are separating one now starts living with a new partner and now that oh. partner is helping them reduce their costs are they obligated to increase the amount they're giving to their previous spouse you know what I'm saying? So, so like, let's say the husband or the, or the wife, they're paying their, their other spouse right. support at right. a certain level, right. Based on but, the income, based on the income. The, but oh, now that's that person meets has a new significant relationship. Yes. And now that other person has a really good job as well and is helping them reduce their costs. Right. Does that impact spousal support? It could, it can, it can't, it can't, but, but, a lot of clients think, they ask me, oh my God, so if one household is making 200,000 combined, um, are we gonna take that income? And the answer is no. But what we look at, and you sort of mentioned it, Darren, is that let's say, so this household, so the recipient's household is living, so the recipient is living alone, the other household has, there's a new spouse, so they're making 200 combined. We're not going to take the 200,000 to calculate support, but we're going to look at that situation and say that that the peer um, has somebody that's helping to pay expenses, right? So they may have a higher ability to pay, right? Because right. um, their expenses are less, so therefore, got it. Yeah. So we really would, we would yeah. Okay, so flip it. The flip side, so that <laughs> compensatory and non-compensatory comes into play. Okay. So when you have a situation where it's 
compensatory, okay? So a new spouse comes. So there's in the recipient's home, there are two spouses. Yes. Uh, but the support is compensatory. Um, it would not necessarily, it, it could get reviewed, but it would not necessarily end because the support that that person is receiving is to compensate them for having taken the mummy or the daddy truck. Got it. So okay. it would not necessarily end. And right. I've had cases where judges have judges have said, well, that's highly compensatory. So no, in this case, it wouldn't end. Okay, in but a non-compensatory. The non-compensatory or financial, yes, that it could end because it, it, it does, because the support that that person is receiving is for financial reasons. It's not to compensate them for the sacrifices that they made. Got so, it. Yeah, we would. And, and it's not an automatic end. It's that we would review it. Okay. Um, so there's a, a, a review in the agreement. We review it, but perhaps the new spouse that comes in it, is not making a lot of money. So perhaps right. it's not uh, affecting or it's not helping with the expenses. Right. So you really have to look at all the facts. And do they have to be married for, for these rules to change? No. If they're no. living together. Yeah, living together or I know you're no you're right. Absolutely. And these are these are real concerns that yeah. people have because they 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 hear these things and they're like, oh my God. It's yeah. like they sometimes will use the words like straitjacket yeah. for the rest of their life. Right. right. So right. It, it, I think, you know, it's Natalie, it's funny because you're answering a whole whack of questions and creating a whole bunch more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I, 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 you know, when we wrap up today, yeah. I think my advice is going to be go talk to Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you can go down rabbit holes, right? Like, like even just going on, like I went on the website and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm just, if I ever, you know, if anybody ever needed it, just go talk to us. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. There's, the there's a lot of moving pieces. Absolutely. And that's what, for me, that's what makes it really interesting. But yeah. you re really have to look at everything. Like some professionals, some lawyers, they skip the entitlement part. And that's a big problem because you can't just go right straight to the SAGs, like plug in the numbers. First, right. it's yeah. not like the child support. You have to look at the entitlement. If there's no entitlement, that's it. We're done. There's none. You know, Natalie, I think one thing I like about the collaborative process and the uh, and the alt divorce or enhanced mediation process is I think sometimes in the industry, people are really quick to try to give an answer. So they just run a calculator, show a number. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the problem with that is that it now it's entrenched in the person's I'm mind. And it, and then once that's there, yeah. it is so hard to back out of that. Right. Yeah. So which which is a, it is it creates a conflict in itself. Mm -hmm. And I know for people like yourselves, even in me, and Mine when too. I was when I was yeah, when right. I was in my business, I would be like, Well, I have to show value. Since I've taken collaborative training, I've said to myself, I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I have to get to the interest. I have to ask the questions, do the checklist that you're talking about. I got to get to the real questions first yes. before it's before we get to the the finish line. Yeah. And that's kind of like saying you're going to give the finish line away now. Right. And it just creates more problems. Yeah. yeah. So, love your process. That's yeah. but that's the beauty of these processes because 
you're a bunch of experts together and yeah. and we're doing you know all the different check marks yeah. we're doing it all together and yeah. it's like having a conversation as opposed to when you're doing the traditional stuff right, right. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. why i love it so much yeah. and and you don't you don't have to do what you don't know you've got the expert sitting next to you mm -hmm. um like i could be asking um you know uh darren questions i could be asking you questions but we're all working together for the family and every expert is there to help that family yeah. so yeah it's it's well, really interesting it's really i i love i love both i love doing the mediation the enhanced mediation and the collaborative well, I, we can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I, I, really, I think we're going to have to have another yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really passionate about it. But if you want me to talk about, um, you know, the traditional stuff, I'm less passionate about that. Yeah. I'm more, uh, yeah, I just um, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and it's not, that's it not. It doesn't what, fit anymore. T-shirt no, doesn't fit it, anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't fit. I'm like, not going down that one. Uh -oh. <laughs> anyway, Natalie, we need to uh, we need to wrap it up. Yeah, okay. it's been so much fun to have you on the show today. Yeah, we, well, uh, I've learned a lot. Like every time I do one of these, I learn something, and I think that I I am better for it for myself yeah. and for my clients. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you yep. for uh, coming on the show again. Uh, you are a member of DivorceNet, so your information can be found on our website at divorcenet.ca and also alt divorce. So thank you very much and take it away, Darren. And we're going to leave it at, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, take care of yourselves, get organized, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.